Welcome to another episode of the Impel Four Podcast. Today I have with me a special guest, my man Ricky Duncan. Is it Rick? You want to be called Rick or Ricky? Whatever, man. Rick, <laughs> Duncan, Rick, well, Ricky, whatever, whatever you want, man. It's all mind. good. Yeah, me and Rick been knowing each other probably 15 years or more. Yeah, man. Yeah, we used to work out at the Y sometimes together. I think that's where we probably met it. Right. At the, at the, the y. Y. Yeah, mm-hmm. We had a little crew. We used to hang together a little bit. And um, yeah, that's where we met at. Um, we have a few things to talk about. Mm-hmm. We go get to the part. We go get to the your fight against uh, breast cancer mm-hmm. and on the things you're doing with that. Okay. Um, but give us a little bit of. Wait a minute. First of all, this dude used to always mess with me about my country talking. So now he <laughs> got to see him mess with me for about thirty minutes. <laughs> you know, he's from New York. So this is true. This is true. But cool. Like we'll start there then. Yeah, so yes, originally um, I'm from New York, upstate mm-hmm. Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, Raised there to about age 11, mm-hmm. um, moved down to Virginia. That's what brought me to Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up uh, going to NC State for undergrad on mm-hmm. track scholarship. So from there, I just kind of stayed in Carolina. Um, <clears throat> then I went to UNC for my master's. But yeah, growing up in New York, I think that is essentially where most of my, you know, my grounding of who I am today. Like I tell people that all the time, like mm-hmm. if it wasn't for, you know, those experiences growing up, mm-hmm. you know, around drugs, growing up around domestic violence, mm-hmm. um, poverty for sure. You know, we were evicted for a time. Uh, we were staying with my mom's friends. Mm-hmm. That's actually what brought us down to Virginia because okay. my grandmother was living down here. So, um, yeah, we just, my mom got tired of st- you know, sleeping on people's couches. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother told her to come down here, and literally that's what changed my life, I promise you, because mm-hmm. I think about it in that way where, mm-hmm. you know, I do have brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of them essentially has spent more time incarcerated than he has just being free as an adult since okay, his no, 18th no, birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my younger brother, he's essentially been in and out of jail. My older brother, you know, he's in New York, you know, doing some things he probably shouldn't be doing. But I think about, like, that story, and I know if I stayed in New York, I would be, you know, either on drugs, dealing drugs, dead, in jail. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely by his grace, you know, I was able – I was the closest one. My 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 brothers, they had their dads in mm-hmm. their life. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was always with my mom. Right. So my okay. brothers stayed in New York with – with their dads, and I essentially came to Virginia with my mom. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about going from like a straight F student to a straight A student, <laughs> you know? So it, it really, really changed the trajectory of my life, being able to to come down to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now, how did y'all get evicted? Was, y- was y'all standing in the project? Yeah. Yep, I grew up in the projects, and yeah, you know, my mom was working at like McDonald's and Uh stuff like that. My mom was a young mom. She had my brother at 13. Mm -hmm. She essentially had me right around 14, 15 years old, Mm -hmm. so she was a young teen mom and had all three of her kids as teenagers. Well, I didn't so, think you can get evicted out of the projects. Yeah. The thing must be <laughs> yeah. pretty rough. It was real <laughs> rough. So, And then you got to add in the dr- drugs, too. You know, mm-hmm. my mom yeah. was on drugs. Okay. So that was the other thing that, you know, I'm sure she just didn't, you know, okay. have the wherewithal to really, you know, stay up on the bills and stuff like that. So, yeah. Right. So, so that's something else I didn't know either. So did, you didn't know, you mentioned that you didn't know your grow up with your father. Did you even know him? Oh, yeah. I definitely knew my dad. Like mm-hmm. he, he was in and out for a minute, 
you know, um, I can remember <laughs> one day my mom, we were staying with one of her friends, and she said, go over to your dad's house after school. Mm -hmm. And I can remember this like it was yesterday, right? right. So, you know... I remember showing up to my dad's, mm -hmm. him taking me over to the projects, and mm -hmm. I can just remember like my mom screaming down from like the fourth floor, like, you have to take care of him. I've been taking care of him all this time. And mm -hmm. my dad wasn't really ready to be a dad like that. He had a number of other kids too. But, you know, I did stay with him for a few months. That was that was probably one of the worst years I had. I failed that year when I stayed with him. Mm -hmm. um, so it just wasn't good. So I ended up, you know, my mom was like, we're, we're going to go. So, so why why you think you failed that, you know? Because I just didn't have any guidance. Like, yeah. I barely was going to school. It was just too much going on. My right. my dad had his brother. His girlfriend was there. Like, I was staying in this little, like, I don't even know what it was. It was this little area on a couch and, right. you know, hearing them in their living room arguing, hearing my dad. Like, it was just a lot of drama mm -hmm. going on. So it it just wasn't conducive to being able to grow and learn and, and right. do any of that stuff. So, and then I can just remember the type of discipline, you know, he was. So it just really didn't work out, mm -hmm. you know, for the, for the best. So ended up going back with my mom and within like a two week span, we, we, we ended up moving to, to Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So how was that? Uh, was your mother, you know, dealing with drugs, being on drugs and that she still was a good disciplinarian. She still taught you pretty good. How did, how did, was that different as far as you not failing with her? Mm -hmm. Well, I, it was such a blur in that space far as school was concerned. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really remember loving school until I got to Virginia. Okay. But, you know, I did go to school, yeah, right? To My school. mom was like, you going to school. You <laughs> right. know, that was, that definitely was a thing. But again, my mom was a young mom. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how much focus she really had on making sure we were all doing what we were supposed to do. Um, but I was going to school. You know, my yeah. dad's, I just, you know, it was it hit or miss whether or not I was going to school. So, so, you know, and I was just a bad kid, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Stealing, lying, like I was one of those kids. Right. So, you know, I was picking up a lot of bad habits. And that's why I say I truly believe, you know, being able to 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 come to Virginia, it just flipped everything, right. everything around. Just just the the uh not being in the same circumstances right. around different people. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's their environment, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times we talk about this, you know, as you know I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. That's part of what we talk about like nature or or nurture, right? Mm -hmm. Like nature is like the environment we're we're in, right? And I do think that's a major that is what sculpts us to being who who we are. Mm -hmm. Now, so you, did your grandma play a big part of you growing up or was you there long enough or Yeah, so you know, growing up in New York, my my oldest brother, he was super close mm -hmm. to my grandmother mm -hmm. because his dad lived basically a couple of blocks away. So he would right. always be there. Even in the summers, he would come down before I even moved down. He would even come down and spend the summer right. with my grandmother. So he was okay. super close. I didn't get close to my grandmother until I actually moved to Virginia, but you know, my grandmother helped my mom out a lot. So yeah, I saw my grandma a lot, but I wasn't as close until I moved down here. And mm -hmm. then of course, like you said, we'll talk, we'll touch on it in a little bit. But you know, once my mom passed away, mm -hmm. my grandmother was my guardian. Right, so yeah, right. we were super close from you know middle school on up through my eleventh grade year when she passed away. Okay, so from there you. That's you graduated from high school in VA, right? Mm -hmm. And then you went straight to North Carolina State. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what what was your major? 
Social work. Social work. Mm -hmm. So what, what made you want to do that? Um, because that journey, you mm -hmm. know, once I got to Virginia, I think those who helped me out the most were the teachers, the mm -hmm. counselors. Mm -hmm. So I knew whatever I was going to do was going to be in the helping profession. I knew whether it was going to be teaching, whether it was going to be coaching, mm -hmm. whether it was going to be social work, whatever. Social work just came up on me through an interest meeting that I went to as a minor when I was at NC State. Mm -hmm. And when I, you know, pretty much got like, what it does, what what social workers do. I was like, whoa, this is exactly what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I changed it to, um, to, to my major to social work. Okay. So it was just by chance like that I went to that interest meeting for a minor. And yeah, pretty much changed everything. So you found your way through, you know, being a bad kid. You found your way through. <laughs> I, I found my way through. But again, it was like that was not you know, that was not on purpose, right? Uh -huh. It was just, again, situational, right? Like being able to come to Virginia to change everything around because mm -hmm. if I would have stayed in New York, like I said, I already know the options that were out there, plus right. the road I was already going down. Right. It was no way I was coming out of that to like, oh, I'm a straight-A student now, right. right? Like that was going to be impossible for me to actually do. So, you know, coming to Virginia, you know, having teachers care, and then also like the neighborhood that I stayed in, all those kids play sports. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I either I was going to sit in the house or I was going to be playing football right. or whatever. So I had to play football. And then I got into baseball and then track and basketball. So, you know, I was always doing the sport all year round. And I think that's also what kept me you know, mm -hmm. going to was that. And then, of course, being able to meet coaches and mentors and stuff like that who are still close to me to this day because mm -hmm. of that, because of the impact. Okay. So when your mother died, what year did she die? 88. Oh. How old 88. were you then? I was just right right around 11 years old. Oh, so mm -hmm. she died kind of Very shortly so, once we got, yeah, she got sick okay. once we got down here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did it affect you? I mean, eight we were able to see that you was able to push through and right, right. to where you are now. So how, right. how did it did it push you more or how did it I affect wish I, you? I wish I can say, um, you know, that I was like my motivation went on like right. overdrive. Right. But think about like the traditional grandmother, right? Mm -hmm. Spoil you, no yeah. real discipline, yeah, right? right? right yeah. Like give you the, the space to just do you. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of grandmother I had. So, yeah. you know, and then I had uncles and cousins who were established in Virginia. And my cousin, mm -hmm. he was like a state football star. Like everybody yeah. knew him. Right. He went on scholarship to um, Penn State mm -hmm. um, for when Joe Paterno was there. You okay. know, he was a running back for Penn State. And I'm, I mean, he was... Everybody knew him. He mm -hmm. was one of those dudes. He right. could have went anywhere in the nation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having that, you know, as a back, and I used to go to the gyms with him, work out in the summer, um, just having my uncles who were also living down there, like they all were able to just stay, on, not really stay on top of me, but I knew they were watching. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it made me like want to be a star athlete. It made me want to make the grades and all of that. So, you know, I think it was more self-motivation than anything, but I also think the resources that I had mm -hmm. allowed me to kind of flourish and, and do those things. Mm -hmm. So did you ever have a time of uh, to uh, grieve? Do you remember any of that? And I, I, I that's something else that I reflect on too, mm -hmm. right? Like, being 11 years old, losing your mom, you don't really know what you're losing. Okay. Right? You're just too young for that. Right. Even though, you know, I pretty much, yes, from birth to 11, my mom was always around. Mm -hmm. I always lived with her. So the attachment should have been there. I do remember, though, you know, 
I was more devastated because also I was older when my grandmother passed away, right? Okay. I didn't, it didn't hit me as hard when my mom passed away. My mm-hmm. mom was sick for a very long time mm-hmm. before she passed away. So I, maybe that progression of knowing like, okay, any day now. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, it was just like nearly overnight, you know, she had lung cancer, but mm-hmm. her whole face changed overnight and mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand it. It was, it was very, very traumatizing that part. But with my mom, now I think about it because, Mm -hmm. right, like all the things that I've done, I wonder, like, okay, if she was here, would I have been that spoiled mama? It's like, oh, my mom's here. I'm not, I have no drive to do anything, right? So it's kind of hard, the the what ifs. I don't try to live in the what ifs, but I think about it. I, I think if all things considering being the same, Okay, I think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what 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 kind of relationship with me and my mom have now, mm-hmm. but you know, far as the grieving of it all, I do think you know. I think it was that process around eleventh, twelfth grade, especially after dealing with my grandmother. I was mm-hmm. kind of forced to to kind of think about it all, and I uh, I had to settle with it. All right. You know. Yeah. So your grandma died when you was in twelfth, eleventh, eleventh grade, eleventh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just thinking about where you are now in yeah. life. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's some stuff to push through. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, having an insight now, mm-hmm. of course, you know, being a therapist, I'm able to look back on a lot of that stuff. But, yeah, it was it was hard for a minute, right? Thankfully, I had an uncle there. So my senior year, I pretty much stayed with him my whole senior year. But he also knew I wasn't going to be in any trouble. Like, right. I was already getting offers. I was right. already taking recruiting visits. So mm-hmm. he already knew I was going to be out of his hair at the end of the <laughs> school year, right? He right, knew right, he didn't right. really have to raise me and do anything yeah. at that point, right? right? So it was super duper easy for him. You know, mm-hmm. I had one uncle that I was staying with. He moved into my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, I was there for a month alone. Right. And next thing I know... I didn't have any hot water. Mm. Um, then I didn't have any power. Mm. And he just left me there. Mm. Didn't tell me anything. Mm. Wasn't like, hey, I'm going here. So I was my senior year from September, because we went to New York. We came back from New York. All the stuff in the house was gone from his, his wife. Right. The stuff that my grandmother had in the basement was upstairs now. Right. So he was acting like he didn't know you know what happened. Mm-hmm. I come home from school the next day. He was gone, so didn't hear from him clearly. You know, I ain't have cell phone. Right, I couldn't. Right, right. Where you yeah. at? Right. Yeah. This ninety six, nineteen ninety six. So, right. you know, I basically was there, and then my other uncle came right around like middle of October and was like, "Where's your uncle?" I was right. like, "I ain't seen him in like a month. I don't know." Mm. Now by this time, I don't know cable, no nothing. Taking cold showers in the morning before school, wow. and um, he was like, "Yeah." You're going to have to get out. You, you're going to come out here and stay with me. Mm. So I stayed with him. He lived out in the country. I bought a car because I was getting Social Security from my mom. I bought a little $2,000 um, Honda CRX. Mm. And I drove. It was like 30 minutes to get to school every day. And I drove from his house to school every day my whole right. senior year. Mm. That's amazing. That's still where you are now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your, your mother, she passed away from... Breast, breast cancer. cancer. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. How And your fight with that. It's, tell me about some of the things you do mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going on, this year was our 12th or 13th year with um, the American Cancer Society mm-hmm. um, fundraising. Um, so I started a team called Pink Army mm-hmm. um, many, many years ago. And our goal was to essentially raise as much money 
um, that we could for the mm-hmm. for the American Cancer Society. In October, we all know that's a um, breast cancer awareness, but you know also the American Cancer Society they have their big um, walk. The mm-hmm. making strides against breast cancer. So mm-hmm. all year, you know, doing those fundraisers that I do, the bowling event, mm-hmm. the sip and paint, all of those, 100% of the proceeds from the ticket sales from that go directly to my team efforts mm-hmm. for the American Cancer Society. So like I said, I've been doing this for many, many years. And up to date now, we're right around 11 no, we're right around a hundred. I'm sorry, a hundred thousand dollars raised mm-hmm. for the American Cancer Society. Usually, on average, I'm about seven to ten grand mm-hmm. a year, and I'm usually the top fundraiser in for this Triangle Walk. Mm-hmm. So now, what do, what does that money? Do you know for sure where that money goes? Yeah, yeah, and that's the other reason why I like the American Cancer Society mm-hmm. over something like Susan G. Right, like right. Susan G. Coleman. That's more of a national. That money is nationally distributed, mm-hmm. but for the American Cancer Society. Each section of this state has their own. Like there's the triad, mm-hmm. here is the triangle. So within the triangle, they provide, you know, copays, they help out with transportation, mm-hmm. they help out with wigs, a whole host of things that, you know, some of that money goes there. And then we're thankfully we're in the Duke system. So mm-hmm. then of course that money goes to research as well. Mm-hmm. A good portion of it goes to research. But ultimately one of the reasons why I do like it be, because some of that money is distributed locally, you know, for people who are struggling with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So you truly believe they they do something good with that money as far well, now. Part of it is this because again, I'm I've always been like their top fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So I I'm literally like if I call them do like the directors I mean we have really mm-hmm. close relationships here. Mm-hmm. So so I know this because I know patients who have utilized it. Right, so okay. you know, I know that this money is 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 going, but I guess you really have to be in this fight to really understand that right. you know, my mom passed away in 88. The advances that they have now, if my mom if she caught breast cancer today, mm-hmm. She'll still be living, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, we got to understand that just because, just the advances, yes, the overarching pieces, we want to find a cure, mm-hmm. curely. But really, we want more birthdays, right? right? Like, right, we right. want these people to live, <laughs> right, right? right? So right. with the advances and the treatment and all that, like, this gives these people, yes, chemo is grueling. It's hard on, on these women's bodies. It's bad. But once they get over that hump... Mm-hmm. You have another birthday to live, right? Yeah. You, if my grand, if my mom, you know, had breast cancer now, like I said, and you know, with the treatments, yeah, she's gonna have a hard road with the chemo. But damn it, we'll be able to have another birthday, and that's what I think about. Even when I have my events, I talk about that. I talk about how do we have more birthdays? That's mm-hmm. really what we're fighting for. Right, we're just right. trying to have more birthdays. That's right. all. Because I was 11 years old. Think about that. My mom missed. Middle school graduation, high school graduation, mm-hmm. college, two college. Gra- hey, right. if he, if she was just here through high school graduation, right? right. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That's more memories that we had together. Mm-hmm. So when you when people ask me that, I'm like, okay, I want you to just take my mom's story just for face value and just think about the advances, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things we may not get cures for it, but a lot of it right now is helping people survive and live, whether it's breast cancer or what have you. Right. It's allowing people to have more birthdays. Right. Do you know anything about the uh, when women get mammograms? I've seen something. Um, I follow this guy, 
Uh, you ever heard of Chris Beats cancer? Mm-mm. So he had, uh, I think, colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he beat it. He did his own thing. And he, he said he made a, had a post about the 3D uh, mammograms versus 2D. Mm-hmm. Says that now they have 3D where it's... The radi- no, ra- anything radiation, radiation. is bad. Right. You know, I don't care if you get a CAT scan, anything right, right. you do You're too right. much, it mm-hmm. can harm your body. Mm-hmm. And he was saying sometimes that mammogram, when they go through the mammograms and they had that 3D radiation, now it it affects you worse. Do you know anything? Right, yeah. And think about that. You can read so much stuff. And mm-hmm. yes, right, the radiation, you're so right, mm-hmm. doing that radiation. But again, and that's why most doctors will tell you, and that's why some of them are actually, you know, some of them push back mm-hmm. on the age because now the age has dropped to like 40 years old where right. they want women to start having their right, mammograms. Right, right. But that's the other reason why people are not having mammograms every year at like 22, 23 mm-hmm. years old, right? right? Because of that radiation. Right. And yes, studies have shown that though that radiation getting those mammograms could cause um, some physical harm there. Right. But at this point, that's what we have, right? right That's right. what we have to detect. It is the best. There's going to be other, there's a few other tests that people talk about, but to really pinpoint, yes, these mammograms are important because mm-hmm. they allow people to have that early detection. Mm-hmm. And again, I would prefer for you to tell me, you know, I'm in the early stage of whatever, and then I, I go ahead and put the work in. But if I'm like, okay, no, I don't want this radiation, I can guarantee you the suffering that you're going to do is going to be much worse mm-hmm. than you talking about this radiation that you got to get for your mammogram. Right. You know, I would prefer for, for as a woman or anybody, right, to, mm-hmm. to, to do that because it's going to save my life. Right. Right. And I was doing some more researches. Out, uh, what is it? Uh, John Wayne Cancer Center. Mm-hmm. They uh, did a study. They said women who have a biopsy before they have surgery are more likely for is more likely for the cancer to spread more because when they're going in with the needle, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and blood spills or whatever in, mm-hmm. inside the cells, it, it they have a fifty percent chance or more of the cancer spreading. Mm-hmm. Um, and it said the people who the women who don't have the biopsy. And just go straight to surgery, have less of a chance of cancer spreading. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of surgery. I'm saying, man, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Even with health, you know, exercising, you know, eating right, mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, we got to figure out things that can help us along the way. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I always stress working out and exercising. You know, it helps out a lot. Right, but cancer's a funny thing, right? Because yeah. part of it is your family history that affects it. Mm-hmm. Because you could be the best eater, you can right. work out yeah. every day, yeah. and it still happens, yeah, right? Like, I got a lot of friends now. Like, now, you know, mo- I'm in my 40s, and my friends are there, too. So, right. you know, every year at my events, unfortunately, you know, I have someone talk. In the past two, three years, mm-hmm. it has been a classmate of mine right. who has been diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. and where I have them talk about their journey, how they found out, and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So... 
um, <clears throat> it is one of those things. And, and these are women that I know, you know, live a pretty healthy lifestyle, right? right? So, you know, it's no, I mean, to some extent, there is some rhyme or reason, but you can do everything you could possibly do as a human being and mm -hmm. still be diagnosed with right. breast cancer, well, right? Any type of cancer. So, yeah. Right, any yeah. type of cancer, right? So part of it is, that's why things like mammograms, things like, you know, getting your prostate checked, mm -hmm. all of those things are very important, right? right? So if you do have it, that early detection, we figure out how, you know, we can pinpoint it and get it out of the system. Yeah, that's like even like with colon cancer. What's my uh, Black Panther guy? Uh, oh yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, well, Chadwick Chad Boseman. Yeah. Yeah. So years ago, even before I turned 45, I just tried mm -hmm. to get my doctor to give me a you know colonoscopy. He's like, "No, nah, you got to wait till you're 50. 50." I said, yeah. "There's people who catch colon cancer before 50. Yeah. You know, why is that age limit? Right. You know, you know." But now they like now it's 40. I think it's 44 or 45. That's 45. Now. It 45. took for him yeah. dying a star, a big star, yeah. for them to lower that. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. So yeah. I know it's it's earlier now for the mm -hmm. colonoscopy or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, have you ran across any men that? You know, I had breast cancer, anything. Not like breast that? cancer, not not like you, not without researching right, it. Right, right, but right. Yeah. personally, no, because yeah. my family history is more long. Yeah. You know, I come from a history of people who smoke right. and yeah, do yeah, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, you know, that most of the men in my family, you know, the cancer is is that. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't breast. know any men who uh, I know a couple of women who had breast cancer mm -hmm. or found lumps and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but I don't. Yeah. I, I know I've heard of men having breast cancer too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that that can happen. Yeah, sometimes I might have a little pain right. I'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on. Yeah, man, it's important, yeah, right? Yeah. It's important to yeah. know our bodies and what's going on with it. Mm -hmm. So again, the early detection. Right, early mm -hmm. detection. Yeah. Um, do how you a therapist? Mm -hmm. Have do you have a therapist? Therapist? I, I don't have a therapist. It's so funny. Like I feel like this question has been asking me like. <laughs> A hundred times just this week alone, uh -huh, right? right? But I think about it in this way. Because you've been when, through a lot. Right. But <laughs> right. when I was a coach, right, mm -hmm. when I was a coach, I, um, you know, track and basketball. Mm -hmm. Then when I would run or when I would play basketball, I hear my voice saying, you know, talk, get low, do all that. Mm -hmm. So I, that's similar to therapy for me, right? Mm -hmm. So when people ask me that, I feel like, a lot of my clients, they're my therapists, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, talking about relationship stuff, like stuff they're dealing with, oftentimes I'm working it out. And in mm -hmm. my mind, I'm like, oh, shoot, this is good for me too to right. remind myself of it, right? Mm -hmm. But thankfully, a lot of my colleagues or a lot of my friends are therapists, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do a lot of talking. We, we bounce a lot of ideas. We bounce a lot of issues off. So I think that's the important part. But... Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think my self-reflection and the insight that I have on a lot of things, you know, <clears throat> ultimately, I think I'm in I'm in a, a good space. I think if anything, and this is where my mom comes into play, mm -hmm. I do think about, you know, whenever I get married, right? Mm -hmm. I do think it's probably important to get a marriage counselor or something right, like right, that, right? Because right? I do think, like, that process of, you know, being close to a woman, being able to relate, I missed a lot of that with my mom being mm -hmm. gone, right. right? Like being able to to adjust. Although I think I do well, but I think that issue with not um not necessarily having commitment issues, but I think part mm -hmm. of it may just be that, right? Like I'm 46 years old, mm -hmm. never been married, never mm -hmm. lived with a woman. Right. Like all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to process that and think about it and, you know, 
how does that relate? How mm-hmm. does that connect to me? And I always think about, you know, not having my mom around, like not yeah. having that that figure, like that woman figure around mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of guide you. And also you can see like, oh, okay, they were with somebody, they did this. Like I just didn't grow up in that right. type of situation, right? Like all the men my mom was with, it was domestic violence, you oh. know what I'm saying? It was stuff like that. So, you know, I didn't see... You know that that loving, like oh, this mm-hmm. closeness. I didn't, see, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. So, yeah, we both are a perfect example of no excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you gotta gotta make it. Right. So, what what is the what's the uh, the clinical what clinical social work? Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference? And is there's a regular social work and then clinical? What's right, the right. So there's LCSW mm-hmm. and then there's social work, okay. right? So the LCSW being a licensed clinical social worker means. Mm-hmm. I took the next step of taking the state exam, mm-hmm. you know, passing that, get my clinical hours, mm-hmm. and um, for there's a process of two years where you have to get a certain amount of clinical hours, mm-hmm. supervision, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Social work, like just having an MSW, which I did have coming out of UNC, was mm-hmm. this MSW that allowed me to do places like social services. I, I did social work um, mm-hmm. through the Department of Social Services here in Durham County for 16 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but the clinical part allows you to actually be like in a hospital setting. Oh, okay. it's, it's the therapist part. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just be an MSW and do right. therapy okay. because again, I have to take that state exam. Mm-hmm. I have to do all of that mm-hmm. and efforts to be knowledgeable to, to do those things. So that that's the difference is just like the population you can serve. So you went to North Carolina State and UNC? I did. What it took about twelve years to get those degrees. <laughs> no, so no, clearly NC State was was four years. Four years ago. And then there's something that you can do called advanced standing with social work. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to school within a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. you can essentially finish that program within a year. But you're just going straight through. You start in May and you finish the following May. So you go all summer, you go all through. Mm-hmm. So you essentially kind of double up. But um so yeah, I did the advanced standing mm-hmm. through UNC. So I started in in May of 07 and then I graduated in May of 08. Okay. So what type of who what type of people are you dealing with with your social work? Uh, with the LCSW? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now so I have my my own business. So that's what this is, my own practice, okay, Converge, uh, Converge Therapy. therapy. Okay. So with that is just clinical. I essentially opened it up so I can see young African American mm-hmm. teens because okay. That's it's hard to find a male therapist in right. this area. Not, there are some, but not a lot. What so they have to be dealing with? What anxiety, uh-huh. depression, okay. bipolar, like anything okay. mental health, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Most of my most of my high school kids are dealing with depression, anxiety, but I also work for a hospital or. Uh, outpatient facility during the day, mm-hmm. and that's everything. That's schizophrenia, that's substance abuse, that's depression, that's anxiety, whatever, the ho- a whole host of things. So you go into hospitals talking with people? Well, my day job is just, no, I just see, okay. do therapy one-on-one, one-on-one all day. Okay. And then my private practice, like this afternoon, I have a 5 o'clock appointment, and a six o'clock appointment. So is this telehealth with my private practice? Mm-hmm. So no, it's just one-on-one therapy. Okay. And yeah, that's all. No, I stay at one hospital during the day, and then I have my private practice. Do you take any of these things home with you? Like, think about them all day when you so, I mean, working out? Or? Some of them possibly, but mm-hmm. you got to understand, I did child protection for 16 years. Right. It's a lot of stuff. Right. But also, you got to understand, like, 
from what I come from, mm -hmm. what I've seen, right? right? So yeah. that was also one of the reasons why I thought social work was going to be good for me, the, me being able to empathize, right? Me yeah. being able to go in and saying, oh, you don't have any food. Oh, you witness domestic violence. Oh, you're about to get evicted. Like all these things that I grew up in, right? Mm -hmm. So I can relate and not just be like, well, you you got a silver spoon. What do you know about yeah. anything, right? Yeah. So that is what that what that comes from is being able to relate. But so now it's just like, you know, I've been in this profession so, for 20 some yeah, years. Yeah. So it's, it's hard for me to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they said yeah. that. So nah, what you went through, helps you thing. deal with it. Right. You know? yeah. 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 That's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Let me see. Well, so what, 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 um, as far as when, do you, do you speak to their, uh, families also? Any of the kids' families? When oh, you're... yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how I like to do it is, um, you know, every other session I normally bring the parents in mm -hmm. because the kids, they can be slick. You know what I'm saying? Right. They be like, nah, everything's good. Right. And then I talk to the parent. They be like, did he tell you he tried to burn the house down last oh, wow. week? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell him that. Like, mm -hmm. just for an example. But, you know, ultimately, yes, we have to involve the parents because a lot of the things that are going on with the kids... Mm -hmm. It's the parents, it's parents, right? It's right, the parents right. that. Teaching, yeah. So the kids can't essentially say, oh, I'm changing and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but my parent, they're staying the same. How are things going to get better if we're doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, So, yeah, it's very important that dynamic with my teens to make sure that the parents are also involved and they're making, you know, the right changes too. So the parents, that you find your people, your parents reach out to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm on psychology today. And then, you know, some people just call me just from referral, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm already seeing one of their friend's kids and they just happen to be talking and they be like, right. oh yeah, I know a good therapist. Mm -hmm. And they'll call me like uh, such and such referred me. But yeah, you know, or my colleagues will send me a message and be like, hey, are you, do you have any room for a 15 year old kid? Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I also see adults. I mean, it's it's pretty right. much 75, 25 right now where, you know, most of my clients right now are the teens, but you know, I also see adults and couples counseling and stuff like that. Right. I had my aunt on, uh, she's a, she does some kind of therapy, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But I asked her, we talked about, uh, medicals, uh, putting kids on medicine. Do you yeah, deal yeah. with that too, like yeah. talking to doctors? and Yeah, so mm -hmm. clearly at my day job, the facility, it's therapists and there's the psychiatrist there mm -hmm. too. So yeah. a lot of the patients I have, they're coming referred to me from the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the biggest proponent of saying, hey, let's push these meds. Right. I am a big proponent of let's see what we can do with this talk therapy first. Right. Let's see what coping strategies we can put in. Let's see you know, how we can change their way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And then if it's that acute, then yes. Because meds are appropriate for a lot of people. Yes, when yeah. those issues are severely acute we have to like the meds are are going to work right mm -hmm. but if it's just kind of on the surface i think you know talk therapy can can help a lot of people and then if things are not working we could say okay let's let's explore you know the possibility of medications okay. yeah speaking of medication do you have you ran across anything as far as uh, i know a lot of people say um marijuana or weed helps with different mm -hmm. things you ran mm -hmm. anything across that with as far as breast cancer or anything like I like haven't. That. Not not with breast cancer, not mm -hmm. as the relation, but as far as mental health. Yes. Mm -hmm. People who suffer with anxiety, um, you know, a lot of them feel like medicate feeling like the marijuana is a better base for them right. than, you know, than taking a medication, right? Mm -hmm. So but mixing any 
alcohol, drug, or whatever with their regular psych meds, mm -hmm. it's pointless, right? The psych meds are going not going to work as effectively because right. it is they just don't interact well. Any type of drug with those meds, you're not right. going to get the real effect. So, um, but some of them patients swear by you know the marijuana, keeping yeah. them in the space. I'm not in their head. I can't, right. you know, I can't say one way or the other. I don't yeah. recommend it. But again, you know, we live in a different world than we did, yeah, yeah, you know, 15, yeah. 20 years ago as far yeah. as what marijuana means now. I mean, yeah. shoot, you can grow it in your house now. Yeah, so. but I think they put a lot of stuff in that stuff now, though, you know. <laughs> right, but that's what I'm yeah, saying. People, yeah. like, I just had a patient in this week, and he was telling me about, you know, his plants he was growing in the crib right, right, right now. Right. So, like, yeah. yeah, so he, you can have up to four plants. Mm -hmm. And this is in Virginia. So, and I'm assuming that's probably worldwide. I, I think that's statewide. But you can mm -hmm. grow up to four without it, you know, being considered, you know, right. distribution or legal or whatever like that if you're doing it in your home. Right. So, yeah, he was like, I got my plants. He was telling me how he was, you know, getting it together. I was like, <laughs> he's not doing anything illegal. Right. I can't really. Right. Yeah. You know, it was like child protection. Like, we used to tell the parents, don't use drugs around the kids. Mm -hmm. We can't say don't use drugs. Right. Who's going to be there to monitor right, you, exactly. right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. I can't tell these patients, you know, I can t give them the effects, the consequences and all that. That's mm -hmm. my job. But I can't tell them not to do something or do something. That's not right. necessarily my job as a therapist. Right, right. And you brought, you mentioned alcohol. I also saw it. It's, they say, but, I, you know, I don't, you got to do your research on everything. Everything. Yes. It said alcohol was the number one thing that causes breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? I, I don't believe that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. again, I, it was can, hard for me to believe too. I can say if wearing Air Force mm -hmm. Ones caused prostate cancer, I yeah. bet you I can look up an article right now and it just yeah. say, yeah, if you wear Air yeah. Force Ones, you could, it's more susceptible <laughs> to get prostate cancer. That's just, that's just yeah. the World Wide Web. Like, yeah. And that's a good portion of why I don't, especially if it's like Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. I don't yeah. typically read yeah. those type of things yeah. because I could put on there anything. Yeah. You're going to be yeah. like, oh, I, yeah. now you're going to be telling yeah. somebody, you know, I've read. And no, then I'll that be, person going to be like, yo, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. So it's so weird. But mm -hmm. you're you're right. Like I can I can essentially search anything yeah. and it's going to give me the answer that I want it yeah. to give me, yeah. <laughs> you know, and which is sad. Right. Because it's hard to really like you got to go in a deep dive. Yeah. When you're trying to don't just read one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if that if that pops up, then Google that and say, right, well, does right, alcohol yeah. and see how much stuff yeah. you know goes into that. But clearly, yes, you're going to find studies that state certain foods, right, right can yeah. cause. Yes, yeah. there's that that's proven. Mm -hmm. But I don't know specifically about you know alcohol being the main cause because yeah, alcohol is it. such a great like a lot of people drink, right? right. And I don't necessarily know. What's the connection to that? But yes, it is, my mom it was is a, sugar. My mom like was sugar. a drug user, but I don't ever remember her like drinking. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like she wasn't yeah, an alcoholic. Yeah. Like I don't ever really remember her yeah. drinking. So but I got a couple things right here that 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 I looked up. So exercise, meditation, eating right, sleep, less stress, detoxing, and vitamin D3. Yeah, all, some key components to, to not well not only only breast cancer. I was but about to say if, if you live yeah, that yeah. with anything, you mm -hmm. probably going your chances of getting uh, sick yeah. and your chances of catching anything is is going to be slim, right? right you right, reduce right. it, mm -hmm. but again, some of the stuff we're talking about family history, history of it, right? Yeah, some stuff yeah. we just can't escape. But some people don't believe in that family history. Some people believe like just it's, they say it comes from 
us eating what our parents eat and mm -hmm. what we growing up on, and then we mm -hmm. do it too. That's how we get it, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever sickness. Yeah, I mean, like, like, right, like, like yeah, like diet, yeah. clearly we know the connection in the African-American community, right. right? Like when you talk about diabetes, high blood pressure, right. all of that, right? Mm -hmm. That's, yes, our diet is is not conducive to li <laughs> like living a healthy right. style. Like you right. have to be disciplined in a black community and yeah. efforts to keep yeah. your butt healthy, yeah. right? Like right. you got to essentially be like, yo, Thanksgiving, that's all. Yeah. Like after that, I'm uh, strict, yeah. right? Because right. the way we, you know, again, we we were the ones that had to, we were working from the scraps, mm -hmm. right? right? You know, way back in slavery days. So, you know, our diets are high in salt, sugars, all of those stuff, seasonings, all of that. So it makes sense. But yeah. what you just stated, that's right. like anything, right? Yeah. Not just breast cancer. Yeah. And um, one thing I've learned as far as health-wise, uh, so you have carnivores, you have vegans, you have uh, raw vegans, you mm -hmm. have fruitarians, <laughs> people who eat, just eat meat, vegetables, and all that, right? Right. But the common thing I found is was all of them have in common is sugars, bad sugars, sugars yeah. and vegetable oils, with which a lot of black families and I'm, I'm assuming white families too, <laughs> right, right. cooking in vegetable oils <laughs> yeah. and canola oil. Canola, and, yeah. They, they say those two things are what drives the sickness a lot. Yeah, I, I could believe, like, if you do your research on sugar in general as we mm -hmm. get older, right, is the worst, right? right. Like, as kids, young adults, mm -hmm. our metabolism is a little bit different. We're right. able to kind of like break it down. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you get a certain age, that sugar going to sit on you. The yeah. shit like that is one of the main things that I'm always aware of in my right. diet right. is the sugars. Because yeah. I know as I get older, those sugars are going yeah. to affect me more. Yeah, I think people need to start researching a little bit more about them, them oils, too. I, I think mm -hmm. a lot of us didn't know or don't know about them vegetable oils, mm -hmm. canola oils, stuff mm -hmm. we use to cook in, stuff yeah. like that. So, Yeah, I haven't cooked thing. in that stuff in so, yeah. so long. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't even use it So yeah. for that very reason, right. though. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I switched to, like, the air fryer, yeah. like, yeah. all that stuff. But you got to be careful you know about saying? that, too, man. That, some that, of them, right. Yeah, some of right. them, yeah. Right, you're yeah. right, yeah. you're right. But when we talk about, you know... The reduction of it all, right? Yeah. Like you still want to enjoy your life, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you think about things like frying, like oils, and then yeah. you talk about the air fryer, right. we—that's just the reduction of <laughs> yeah. trying to eat right. what you right. want to eat, yeah. you know, with less effects on right. you. Yeah. But it's hard, like no one's disciplined enough if you, no one's no. paying you, no. right? Like right. if I'm yeah. not getting paid, if I'm not like an athlete right now, you're yeah. not paying me to look my best and do yeah. all that. Yeah. I'm, it's going to be a day or two yeah. where I'm going to yeah. eat some crazy yeah. stuff. Some people <laughs> might see me eat some fries sometimes. Like, you eat fries? <laughs> right. Like, man, I eat it sometimes, you know. Man, yeah. People get on my nerves with that, like, oh, I didn't know you <laughs> ate that. I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? Yeah, somebody like, told me that the other day. Who am I? Like, Because, so. you know, I went vegan. I was vegan for five years. Oh, so yeah. in 21, I started back eating a little meat. Yeah. You know, people got to get on me and joke. Yeah, no. like, man, I eat everything, a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. but not Makes too sense. much of a lot. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's moderation with these things. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we have to think about when we're thinking about health. It's mm -hmm. like, what are, or what are you a slave to, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a slave to something, it's that's, the, that's yeah. where you get yourself caught up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have to have the discipline. Yeah. So what's next for you in the uh, fight against breast cancer? Anything upcoming? Anything? Um, so right now I'm trying to work on a venue to have um, something here mm -hmm. in Durham, Raleigh, in the early in the early part of 2024. You know, I do these events offset mm -hmm. of October because mm -hmm. everybody, you know, that's the awareness. Everybody is looking to 
forward to that. But I, I started it. That's how doing these events started was saying, how do I keep that awareness right. like all year round and mm -hmm. being able to just like strategically put these events throughout the year. Mm -hmm. it, always has the breast cancer people in the mindset of like oh breast cancer breast cancer breast cancer mm -hmm. so yeah so i'm 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 just trying to find a venue right now but to do uh, my annual paint and paint and sip event okay well i'm gonna tell you I'm, i am a conspiracy theorist so these people ain't doing enough to get rid of these cancers because man y'all yeah. been raising money for not only you but other people for a long mm -hmm. time and right but still. see again when you say stuff like that <laughs> i want you to like just Google like advances, right? Mm -hmm. That money, that's what that money does, man. You, I don't. But that's see, like, like saying, why do we still have STDs, right? Like, like yeah. why do we still have STDs <laughs> to this day, dog? Like that's wild to me that when people say that, right, uh -huh. it's kind of disheartening because mm -hmm. it's like you really have to. I guess because my connection to it is so much different, right? And I know that the advances in the research, like even when we have our kickoff brunch with the American Cancer Society, you know, they have these doctors, these scientists, they come and they mm -hmm. talk about like where they've been the past year, like mm -hmm. what's been going on, what's mm -hmm. the advances, what the, what's the new, like, oh, we're hopeful that such and such mm -hmm. is, you know, we're working on. But you truly have to talk to the people who have had breast cancer and talk to them about, well, talk to me about the medications, talk to me mm -hmm. about your treatment, mm -hmm. tell me what happened. And all of them will tell you, well, the doctor was like, listen, just this year, if it wasn't for this, I would have been dead, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's important for people not to get go down that rabbit hole because, again, what's the difference between breast cancer, AIDS, anything else that mm -hmm. we've been dealing with forever? ever right. that we should have a cure for right, right. like you know the body is weird mm -hmm. and cancer is one of those funny things going back right. to what you said earlier about like it spread in and all of that mm -hmm. like that's why early detection is important because cancer is truly truly tricky and right. it, it will spread on you in a minute right. and you know that's why a lot of women you know get the double mastectomies and stuff mm -hmm. like that they don't want to lose their breasts but the dangers of it spreading, even right. if you go in, get the cancer out, mm -hmm. it's high. So right. women are like, okay, I'll sacrifice this so it will. I, right. It's impossible for it to spread, right? right? right. And you think women want to do that? Yeah. You no, know what no. I'm saying? And it's is this not? And it's, know, it's nothing against y'all, the people raising money. It's just a matter of getting it. Finding some kind right. of cure. I, I, get I, it done. I get that, but when people say that, <laughs> yeah. you know, I like again at my events, I mm -hmm. talk to them about yes, the overarching piece is mm -hmm. the cure. Right. But ultimately, I'm more concerned with having more birthdays. Right. right, right. Long as we're getting more birthdays with these people who are mm -hmm. affected, that's a win-win to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And they they're getting these birthdays because of the treatments, the right. advances in the research and all of that. So that's the space that I live in, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I lived in the space of like, man, I I got like a hundred grand out here. What right. are y'all doing right. with my hundred grand? Right. 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 I would have to also apply that to, you know, again, a, a right. lot of other health issues that we've been dealing with yeah. since day like yeah. since the creation of man that yeah. we still can't figure out because the body's DNA right. is just so weird. Yeah. And one thing I it's one thing I don't, when people, I know people who have a sickness, whether it be diabetes, cancer, or anything like that, a lot of them do hurt their cells by continuing to eat sugars. You know, sugar feeds, mm -hmm. you know, cancer, mm -hmm. you know. So that's, do y'all talk about that in your, in your, uh, 
things you do? Uh, well, as far as what they should be eating or yeah, not Yeah, yeah, no. In my, okay. We did an event back in January. It was a health and wealth. Okay. And we had nurses come. We had doc Like, because that is the thing. Like, the more you know, the better off you'll be, right? It's All important. Right. It, that whole symposium we did, me and one of my best friends, he's a financial dude. So that's why we did health and wealth, right? Okay. Like, I did the health part. He did the wealth part. Okay. And um, it was, it was so, we had like 300 plus people come and it was mm-hmm. so great that we were able to like get all this information out, right? Because if you know better, you're going to do, do better. better. Some you people. Know? Yeah, some people. Because again, I got clients <laughs> that come in yeah. and you're right, like they got diabetes and they don't really care about the diet right and i'm like hey we got to get back on this road of you know doing what we need to do Mm -hmm. so you know whether it's breast cancer or anything that people are you know slacking in Mm -hmm. you know it's it's here it's the discipline of it all it's hard sometimes for it to click with some people okay well i don't know how much time you got where can people find you at uh instagram facebook instagram ricky lee 11 uh therapy um you can go to psychology today and just search Ricky Duncan, mm-hmm. um, Facebook, Ricky Duncan. But um, yeah, I'm 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 out here. I'm like prime. You know? I ain't I ain't hard to find. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any any closing words? No, nah, just thank you, man, for allowing me to to tell my story and you know right. talk about the push with breast cancer and such. Um, it's important to me, so appreciate right. you. Yeah, appreciate you. Well, there you have it for another episode of the Impel Four Podcast. Remember to take action over your health and your wealth. Peace. If you like what you saw, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Impel Forward podcast.